Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. If you want to explore more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, head over to cageclub.me and check out some of our friends. Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Bad, the podcast where we talk about real bad movies and why they want to hurt us. I'm your host, Nick Jenkins, and today I'm joined by three friends. First, Tuna, hello. Hello. Sarah Suda. Hello. And Matthew Gatos. Hi. And we are again on our journey into hell, sort of. Uh, with <laughs> sort of. Hellraiser. It's not Hellraiser 4, even though it's the fourth installment. <laughs> it's just Hellraiser Bloodline, mm. which was a trend that was starting to really happen in the 90s. This came out in 96, and you had, like, The Crow, City of Angels, instead of The Crow 2, <laughs> gotcha. City of Angels. Right. So there was a lot happening like that around this. But this is the fourth installment. This is the last Hellraiser to get a theatrical release. Um, and uh, this also is a major uh, uh, event for us here on Real Bad. This is the first movie we've watched that has an Alan Smithy credit. And for those of you who don't know... <laughs> Alan Smithy is a name that a director will have their name changed to in the credits if they are unhappy with the final product. Uh, I th and there's a lot that goes into it, and I'm not sure exactly how it works out contractually, but uh, David Lynch kind of did it on Dune for uh, the TV release. He changed his name to Judas Booth because he's Lynch and he's yeah, got to be course. weird. Yeah. Um, but this is an Alan Smithy films. I think it was, this was directed by Kevin Yeager, who is a makeup artist, actor, whole bunch of things. Um, did two episodes of, of Tales from the Crypt, a show I love, and then this movie. And uh, that's pretty much it. Then he did a lot of makeup stuff. He worked on Face Off. He worked on, you know, a lot of stuff from the 90s and 2000s in the makeup department. <sighs> this also marks the end of the first half of our journey because these four <laughs> oh, films are linked together. Yeah. They're they're pretty much direct yeah. sequels, one after the other. The 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 end of the last one. Yeah, but they're they are like in an exquisite corpse kind of way. Like <laughs> yeah. like as if you're like playing telephone to get to the next. Yeah. Someone told you about the last movie a few years ago, and you're like, yeah. oh, I'll write a sequel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you rewatch it? Nah, I'm good. Mm. <laughs> Building. Uh, I'll make an architect. Done. Yes. <laughs> the sequel. And that could be true yeah. for all we know. But before we get too far into this, we need to do a 60 second plot dump, and that person is going to be Sarah. Dang. <laughs> I just loved your responses that were like, in space. <laughs> so I want to see what you have yeah. to say about this. Oh, gosh. This. Okay. 60 <sighs> second plot dump of Hellraiser Bloodline in three, two, one. Uh, in the 1700s, a dude is, uh, he makes a puzzle box for another guy who turns out to be wanting to bring a demon back from hell. He does. It happens. His, the toy maker's bloodline is cursed. Eventually, there's a architect who uh, gets involved with all of this. He is a descendant. And hell all the folks, Cenobites, show up. They have some fights. He thinks the building can make extra super box but maybe it sends them back to hell instead super way in space in the future another descendant of this dude uh has made a ultra box which is a space station and he gets pinhead to come there so he can destroy him and then he does wow 16 <laughs> seconds <laughs> that's pretty much it you left yeah. out that adam scott is in this well yeah that's not <laughs> part of the plot though yeah. <laughs> kind of is uh, uh, <laughs> Wait, no, that's Adam Scott. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, yes. Playing a Frenchman yeah. with zero accent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was weird. His name yeah. is Jacques. <laughs> he lives well, in France in the 1700s. Yeah. He's the apprentice of a very French yeah. dude. Yeah. Also, sounds exactly like yeah. Adam Scott. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the thing about that that whole thing is, we were talking earlier, it's... Uh, so many of these movies have things that happen in them that would make much better movies. <laughs> like, oh, sure. Adam Scott and a demon lady hang out for 200 years. What do they do during that time? Have they been trying to take over the world? Have they been looking for the box? Has anything happened? Too bad Never. we don't get to find out because Never. as soon as we find out they've been traveling or they've been living for 200 years, she immediately murders him. Yeah, And we find totally. out nothing more about him. <laughs> yep. That yeah. was my most, the most that frustrating moment so, of the whole movie for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sarah, you've been on a downward spiral for this since uh, the first one. Yes? Yeah, Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. So, how does this fit into I, that? I think this one, I didn't. It wasn't as maddening as the third one because I think the third one is let's take all those rules from the other ones and let's throw those away completely. And so now we're in the reality that rules don't apply. And so there's not the shock of what the hell's going on as much. Ah. Uh, this still was real. Like, why? Why <laughs> is any of this happening? <laughs> what? Yeah. And also, I was like very frustrating that I. Uh, Princess of Hell is getting mansplained to the whole oh, dang God. movie. Pinhead's yeah. just like, you haven't been around in a while. Things are different now, princess. Hmm, you're a literal real demon from ancient times. And I'm this new dude. And I'm going to tell you how things work these days. Also, what are 200 years yeah. in demon years? Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> so you've been around in a while. It's like, yeah, it's like compared to what? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Also, I, uh, yeah. I, mm. I was at the yeah. store for like 20 minutes. Yeah, right? for sure. <laughs> also, wasn't he a human in like the 30s or 20s <laughs> yeah, or whatever? He's 20, yeah. only been there, for, yeah, for like... Yeah, she was hundreds like, of years before him. Yeah, no. Uh, well, yeah, because they met in the 1990s. Yeah. It wasn't on the spaceship, so it wasn't yeah. even like more than hundreds of years. Yeah. Like, it was just for a couple sure. hundred years. Yeah, it, yeah. That, yeah. Does, that does not make any sense. No, it's and, for... And also yeah. upsetting because I think I like that actress a lot. Mm-hmm. The person who plays Angelique, I think she was she's really dubbed the whole movie, right? She's dubbed the whole yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. I think she's a Spanish actress, mm-hmm. um, but like really good casting for a demon. Like I think sure. she just she looked like she was having fun doing it. Yeah, and yeah. like, but like the, they did they worked well. Like when they put the black contacts in her, sure. I was like, gee, you know. So so good stuff there. But yeah, then then Pinhead's yeah, all like, you yeah. don't understand hell. Like, yeah, excuse no. Me? And another movie we don't get to see like. What the heck happened in hell during those 200 years she was gone? <laughs> that now she's been replaced? Like, what? what is that? Like, the original mythos of the first movie is these eternal question mark folks come out of uh, dimensions and do things. Now it's like hell, like regular hell, like we thought of hell before, but now Cenobites are sort of running the show and just in the past so many years that has happened. Like, what? (laughs) New management. Yeah, no, totally. Well, Tuna, what was your perspective on this one? So I was also on a downward spiral. I think this might be my favorite one so far. Oh, jeez. Like, like, what is happening? (laughs) (laughs) It was very, you say the dude worked on like Tales from the Crypt and like TV stuff makes so much sense because it's shot so much like a 90s TV show. Yeah, it is. Like it just looks that way. But But we felt the same thing about the third one too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. And it's like, 
but this one worked for me for some reason. I have a sneaking suspicion that I did like this a lot more than the others because we had a company picnic yesterday and <laughs> I had like seven hard apple ciders. <laughs> so I was in like a pretty good mood when I started the movies. And man, no, I just, ah, oh, it was goofy and weird, but it didn't have the, if, yeah, I think that same thing where like the third one was just like so abysmal that I come back to this and I'm like, you know what? Like, I can get on board with this. Like, the, like the movie heard me complain about, oh, there's an origin story to this bad guy. And it was like, hold my drink. We're going to do an origin story for the box. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's a good point. And it was mm-hmm. like, which sounds like it should be stupid, but it was mm-hmm. just like goofy and fun. And like, oh, now I have to make a second box to undo the first one. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, in space. Ah, in space. Yeah. Oh, space and the space box. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and it's such 90s space stuff. Like, all of the space stuff looks like they used the same production designer that did Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. So I was just in love with that immediately. I'm like, yes, I want to see this dude and his robot pals fight Hellraiser. The robot was very funny (laughs) because clearly supposed to be like a T-1000. I really (laughs) liked it. They tried to go for like the scary skull with the red eyes, but it was like too goofy looking. (laughs) Yeah. And it had a moment. Like, It did. For people who haven't seen the movie, in in the way future on the space station, the dude, I guess someone actually looked into what happens in the past for once and was like, oh, people who open the box get into trouble. <laughs> so I'll have a robot open the box. Like a bomb disposal <laughs> robot kind yeah. of situation. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it looks like it looks like a T-1000. T-800. T-800. Sure. Yes, T-1000 yeah. was the liquid metal. It's right. like metal. a metal Frank. In space. <laughs> Legs crossed and yeah, everything. Yeah, totally. Alternate title for this movie. Yeah. Metal Frank in space. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when it opens the box, you get a close-up of the robot face going, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. It explodes. It's like, oh, that's so silly. What happened? You also get some really unnecessary CGI in the form of the robot's hands <laughs> playing with yeah. the puzzle box. Yeah. And just like... This uh, 1996 CGI was only so good. Yeah. So even if you had the best CGI close up of this prop that we've seen a thousand times right. through all these movies, it's never going to look super convincing in 1996. Yeah. 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 In 1996, you had to have Steven Spielberg budgets to be yeah. able to make CG passable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't like well, it, it, and Steven Spielberg talents to make it possible. <laughs> sure, good, he was point. good at mixing it with the practical. And neither yeah. of those things happened yeah. here. Um, this is like this smacks you in the face when it switches <laughs> yeah. from practical to CGI. You're like, ah, that's a different thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and even the when the ship is flying toward it, it's like, why is this CG? Right. Like, I guess maybe it was cheaper than building a model and and from, shooting yeah. it on motion capture. Yeah. I don't know, but it was just. It, it was one of those things where I'm like, ah, yeah. CG. Yeah. I don't know if, if you guys have all seen it, but uh, all the space stuff really made me think of Red Dwarf. And then the oh, yeah. lady's oh, name too, is yeah. Rimmer. And I was like, is this on purpose? Oh, my God. I didn't put that together. <laughs> yeah. I don't funny. like, I feel like 96 might have been. I don't know if Red Dwarf came out in 98 or 96. Like, I don't know which is first here. Mm. Um, I think it did. But, uh, I think it was in, I think it was before yeah. this, but uh, I can't be sure. Yeah, yeah, See, yeah. and I wanted to know about Miss. Mystery Science Theater, the movie. I couldn't remember which year that came out. 97? Really? Yeah. This was... Oh, that was after this. Because sure. I feel like the manipulator arm in Mystery Science Theater has oh, to be God, a reference right. to this. It's the exact same <laughs> setup. The goofy the, little the gloves, gloves and that everything. he pulls the Hubble off the thing with. Yeah. Uh, 
Hold on. I got to look this up. <laughs> I got to look up both Red Dwarf. Actually, Matt, why don't you look up Red Dwarf? What am I looking up? Red Dwarf. <laughs> Red Dwarf. I'm the only one in the room who hasn't seen this movie. <laughs> it's, it's a, a TV, TV show. show. T- okay, clearly I am in the wrong. Um, I mean, it says 1988. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Now look up Mystery on. Science Theater 3000, the movie. All right. Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie. Um, uh, 92. No, no. Yeah. I mean, no. that's what I'm seeing. It was not 92. I'm just going on with the internet here. That says 92. This says 96. All right. So same, same year. Same year. There's no way it's a coincidence, though. Like, it's so close. I wonder if they had the same prop somewhere. Oh, I hope they so. did. I just, wanna, yeah. I just want them to, like, be friends and just be like, hey, we both don't have a lot of money. Oh, man. Do you want to go in yeah. together on a set? That's. I think the manipulator arm is the only f- really funny cuts uh, uh, host segment in Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie too. Oh, I love them all because I cherished that movie as a child. I mean, okay, sure. objectively, yeah, that's probably. I have Mike's, re- Mike's reaction when the Hubble falls to Earth is priceless. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, Matt. Yeah. So three was your favorite. I was gonna say I've been on an upward yeah. trajectory. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back at the bottom. Oh, what? <laughs> what? This is easily my least favorite of the four films. Sounds like you didn't have enough ciders yesterday, I don't, my friend. I only had one. Oh no. <laughs> so yeah, apparently I needed six more to get me to the <laughs> a point of enjoying this film because I yeah this this was the hardest one for me to even sit through. Wow. Like, really? I there's nothing in this movie like. For me, the the biggest problem with this movie is there is no real main character to latch on to. The only, mm. like, quote-unquote main character we have is this guy whose bloodline is cursed. Mm. And we get him a little bit at the beginning where clearly he seems like maybe not the best dude on yeah. the space station. Right. And he's the one telling us the story. And I'm like, I don't even know if I believe everything you're saying. Yeah. And then we get the past version of him, which is just the toy maker. And then... We get the '96 version of him, who's the architect, who is wholly uninteresting. Yeah, and maybe oh, says wholly uninteresting. Says like yeah. three things the entire time, <laughs> and like one of them's a lie to his wife. And well, so he I'm is like, I don't kinda, like this dude. He's kind yeah. of a jerk bag. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the the fact that like your main character who's carrying this movie is that uninteresting was like okay, yeah. I have no one to attach to in this. Mm-hmm. Like, am I supposed to attach to the demon lady? Because she's the only one she who's like the only interesting person. Interesting. Like she's even, also the one that is the only yeah. one that goes through the, all three stories. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you have Pinhead in this, who I think this is also my least favorite Pinhead like portrayal in any of the movies. Like I feel like this is the the one that does the least for me in as far as like liking that character as a character. Mm-hmm. Like I think his makeup looks better in this movie than it did in the last movie because they were like sure. the last movie they went for the cheaper option. And they made it better again. So I think he mm-hmm. still looks super cool in this movie. I think as far as a character goes, he is playing second fiddle a lot to the princess of hell in this. And just, yeah, he does nothing for me. And I don't understand mm. the what anyone wants in this movie. Yeah. Like when they start turning the, the machine on in 1996 in the building, I'm just like, yeah. what is happening <laughs> and why? Yeah. Like... I don't really understand why it's happening or what. And before the movie will tell us, we cut back to the fu- the future. And it's just like, don't worry about what happened in the last yeah. 200 years. Doesn't matter because <laughs> we got him on a ship now. And I felt like every uh, – like I almost would maybe want a longer cut of this movie mm-hmm. where we live in these time periods a little bit longer than just like sure. 20, 30 minutes per chunk. 
because I felt like just as things were starting to ramp up and get a little bit more interesting, we bailed. Hmm. And I think that's sort of the, we don't know how to end this yeah. <laughs> kind of thing of like, I mean, that's very clear from the end of the movie is like literally the moment that uh, Pinhead's like, rah, they're like, literally the credits roll. Yeah, no, the credits do just come in very no like, relief oh, wow. Between like <laughs> right. Pinhead screaming in pain and all of a sudden there's just credits and you're like. No, he says, uh, what does he say? He has one last line. But there's not like a moment to sit with Everybody's it. like, I don't know, You man. come back yeah. to them in the ship and they like start to fly away a little bit, but yeah. you get like a second of that and then the credits are there. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, this weird feels yeah. like the end uh, of a TV show. The movie's yeah. in a rush to end. Which is weird because yeah. it's only yeah. like an hour and 23 minutes it's long. It's the yeah. shortest Hellraiser. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I Well, I think, I'm pretty sure that's part of the reason why it's an Alan Smithy is that it like, it was cut down a huge amount. Yes. Yeah, and, I read something online yeah. that there was supposed to be like, uh, like foppish powdered wig centibytes yeah. Yeah, in the 1700s like, and I'm like give that. me that yeah. movie yeah, yeah. like if we if this whole movie could take place in the time period with the toy maker I would take a whole prequel in that era over mm. what we got here because yeah I I think yeah. Adam Scott's the best actor in this movie pretty much <laughs> like he's the most like immediately intriguing person like the way he's performing it I'm like okay replace the architect with him <laughs> and I'm more into this movie because <laughs> he's just much more charismatic and that was at least something we hadn't seen before mm-hmm. like mm, very good point in yeah. the hellraiser world of like okay i can live in the grimy 80s and 90s and i can see people having sex and then getting killed by a cube we've seen that a few times <laughs> or a tower <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. but it's like the either the past or the super future like elements of this are way more interesting to me and we don't get much from any yeah. of the time periods, but mm. especially the more interesting ones. Yeah. See, and all that is, I think, why I liked this more than anything. Because the playing with the structure felt cool. Because it was like, mm-hmm. uh, it was the same actor playing all of his family members. Yeah. So it felt like each section was more a continuation of the previous story than like each section being its own wrapped up segment. And so, like, I, I enjoyed that because it didn't feel like, oh, this needs to wrap up here. Like, this is going to extend through time to be the next thing, which I think I probably like more because it's maybe not executed here the best mm-hmm. way it possibly could be. <laughs> but there was this video game I played when I was in high school and, like, me and my dad and my brother all got super into it. It was called Eternal Darkness. Mm-hmm. And it's that similar kind of idea where this woman's grandfather dies um, it turns out he's murdered, and so she inherits his mansion and goes to, like, figure it out, and she finds this journal he had been keeping in this hidden room, and it detailed their family line going back trying to stop these Lovecraftian demons from taking over everything. But, like, each family member throughout that has their own section of the story, each building up toward, like, oh, we're all adding a little bit. And even though all of those previous people sacrificed their lives, the work they did in the end is what allowed victory. And so to me, this, it was like, Oh, okay. Like the first guy, I mean, he fucked up cause he made the box in the first place, which was not <laughs> a, like a good part of the plan. But then he started designing the second one and then like the architect refines it and it still doesn't quite work. And then it felt like, Oh, okay. Now here's all these years of buildup and now space, bald guy mm-hmm. can like it's just like the fountain 
Yeah, the fountain is the other point of reference where I was like, yeah, it felt like intertwined like that. Yeah. I think my biggest issue, because I think like the way you're describing that sounds great. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's That's true. That's not the movie we I think think the idea of this lineage like passing on these traits to defeat this like demon from hell is a great idea. And I think what kills that for me is the architect. Like the 1996 version of this dude is just the least interesting human. (laughs) Doesn't seem to be motivated by much and doesn't seem to be like super – like the guy in the future, the 2127 guy on the space station, he seems like the kind of character that would be in that bloodline. Uh Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Like, oh, we – my family has done this for hundreds of years and did that. Yeah. But – it's like he had a really shitty ancestor in the middle there. <laughs> yeah. That was just like, oh, man, Uncle Tommy was real bad at this. But I, yeah, it also, I think it would have yeah. worked better if there were a couple of more characters. Because, I don't know, may, that was also one of the strengths I felt was like not sticking with any of these things for too long. Like, just like, okay, let's just get through this and then move on to the next oh, section. If you had so showed think, us like every 50 years, like show us all the generations. Yeah. I think I, like, at least even if it was like small slivers of like, the, th- the small thing he did to keep this going mm-hmm. would be also, I think, more interesting. Yeah. But because it, we get every 200 years, right. there's a lot, there's big gaps yeah. in there that oh, we don't yeah. find anything out about. And also, apparently no progress in 200 <laughs> sure. years. And it's also like, it's such a, I think the one of the bigger problems with the architect in the middle is the dude in the far future has definitely done research. He's doing this on purpose. Mm-hmm. Where the guy, the architect in the middle, it seemed more like he found the schematics and thought it was a neat design and just yeah. made a building like that. He didn't know anything about any of the Cenobites or any of the lore about it at all. He just did it by accident, that's which the bye-bye cuts, got too. Yeah. cuts the but whole idea. Like but that seems completely <laughs> counter to like what yeah. you just said about the family going throughout the that's, timelines to do that. And it's well, like, and, he's just doing the, it by accident. Right, but yeah. that was the thing in the game is it wasn't until they were well on this journey that they would find out anything about it, if they found out mm. anything about it at all. Yeah. Like it was basically an ensemble cast working together without realizing that they were working together because it was all taking place across hundreds of years. So what we're saying is the toy maker yeah. should be much more explicit with his directions That's, of why he was making yeah. a second right. box. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, 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 no. Like no. If the, if the, the second box I'm making is important. It's not just a yeah. building design. Yeah. It's, it's going to stop demons. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, the, like, big... Big problem with Toymaker thing that I did not like is the idea that the instructions he was given were good enough that the box, as a mechanical object, could open hell. Like, it wasn't that they threw the box into the blood of the person they murdered and said the things and (laughs) that made the box do stuff. It was intrinsically part of of the mechanism a non-magic toy maker can just make a portal to hell which I don't necessarily have a problem with that except when you get into your point which is the (laughs) logic of it yeah like there was they they needed one more step well and they do things like that in the Hellraiser films all the time where (laughs) they just like say one line to explain something away where Mm -hmm. it's like it's easily could have been that when they murder that girl they, they like soak her like the cube in her blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And boom. We see like terrible CG of it, like s- scooping <laughs> it up or something. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> they bring back some of the CGI from the previous one about it, like slur- slurping the blood up. Yeah, I'm yeah on board. totally. Yeah. I like this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the tuna boat. Um, <laughs> uh, the tuna boat. Yeah. I, it's nice over here. I <laughs> really like the bones of this movie. 
um, <laughs> which is honestly something I said about um, Endgame as well. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I like the bones of this movie, but I don't like the movie. But this one, I, I'm, I agree with everything Tuna's saying. Like, I love the ideas of it enough that the poor execution doesn't pull me out mm-hmm. the way it did in like a Hellraiser 2. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Hellbound. Hellraiser 2. <laughs> um, oh, thank goodness. Yeah. I'm glad I I didn't know what that. movie you were talking about at first. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one, I was interested in all of the ideas. So I was mm-hmm. happy. To, and even mm-hmm. if they didn't work out, I was like, well, look at what you tried. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and I'm glad they got rid of the goddamn camera head and uh, CD yeah. face right. and yeah. gasoline bartender. Oh, you mean all of our favorite <sighs> characters? Yeah, for instead some they reason. gave us twin security guard head and, At least that's... And Senadog! That one... <laughs> I liked both of those yeah. things. I oh, liked Senadog the, was so bad. I liked it because it made it, they were obviously going with the chatterer. Yeah. yeah. Like they, they were going with yeah. that design a little bit. Yeah, and so I was yeah. like, oh, now it's a dog. That's creepy. It was yeah. not a good puppet. Like, and yeah. it wasn't, and it didn't really make they a lot of sense. It a close-up of its feet for some reason, yeah. where it was, like, Weird. moving a little bit, <laughs> and it's very clearly, like, two different guys controlling two sides yep. of the dogs with their hands, and I'm like, <laughs> you didn't even need that close-up, and you chose to highlight that moment. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have to agree yeah. that the biggest problem the film suffers from, for me, is our lead actor. I think he is not charismatic, I don't I don't even know who he is like I he didn't I, I'm not aware of him in anything beforehand or after yeah. it just he didn't work mm-hmm. for me I feel bad saying that because I, I hate to to point out actors I just don't think he's very good maybe he wasn't given the right direction but he's surrounded by some very good actors so mm-hmm. Adam Scott as we know he was he was very unknown at this point um, but Adam Scott's very good Kim Myers who plays um, his wife in mm-hmm. modern times is a wonderful working actor. Um, she has unfortunately been in two very bad horror sequels, which is Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and this. And this. <laughs> um, but she uh, she's a very good actor. And so she, so he's surrounded by good performers. I think mm-hmm. Angelique is also a very good performer. Um, and the the old man in the first, in, in the 1700s, I think is mm-hmm. a good performer. Um, uh, it's, it's so I agree. There's not a lot to latch on to in terms of performance and character there, and that's a problem. Like that's yeah. one of the reasons that Halloween works so well is because of Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, it's geez. one of the reasons that Nightmare on Elm Street works so well mm-hmm. is because of Heather Langenkamp. One of the reasons that uh, the first uh, Hellraiser works well is because uh, yeah. the actor who played Kirstie. Yeah, um, this is this is also the first Hellraiser movie that the lead is not a lady fighting Cenobites. It's yep. like. Mm. Yeah, suddenly it's this dude. I would have not really fighting Cenobites. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, not until the end, and even then, he's not doing a lot. He's sitting there telling the story, Mm -hmm. which again, I I think could be good. When it started, I was still hopeful because the idea of like trapping the Cenobites on a space station, I was like, that's super cool. Right, I like that idea, and like the idea of somebody coming in and foiling that mid whatever trapping, and then he having to explain why it's happening. I was all on board for all of that opening. <laughs> and then the actual execution of it again, I was like, oh, right. right. Yeah. But I did like some execution, especially mm-hmm. the 1700s. I thought that section was mm-hmm. like beautifully shot. Oh, this whole yeah. movie the- I thought was pretty well shot. Yeah. Like there's some cool oh, yeah. shot choices. The lighting and everything looks fine for like a 96 movie. The production design in space is terrible. It's just bad. Yeah. It's... It's it, it looks like they just found a basement somewhere to shoot in, <laughs> which is the hallmark of bad movies. But 
the 1700s, the cinematography is great. Mm-hmm. I love the ritual. Like mm-hmm. that, that was all creepy and weird where they just yeah. hang up her, her empty skin. And they like mm-hmm. inflate it. Yeah. And they yeah. like inflate yeah. it. Like I, that, mm-hmm. like that's really interesting to me. So there was a lot here with that that was cool. Once we get into the modern times, I was hoping they would do a handoff and sort of handoff from the toy maker to his wife, who seemed to be much more in control of things. Mm-hmm. Like she even figured out the puzzle box and sent right. the, the yeah. <laughs> but in the worst way. Oh, totally. Because <laughs> she like literally says, "What does this do?" <laughs> and then she like uses it to shoot him with a yeah. hell beam. I mean, yeah. very similar to Kirstie at the end of yeah. the first Hellraiser. I think she says mm-hmm. something like, "Does this go both ways?" And as she says that, she yeah. uses it to send him back. Yeah, to hell. yeah. I'm like. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That that looked that sounded like panic screenwriter to me. But yeah. yeah. But yeah. I so I, it's fascinating to me because I really like the first Hellraiser for parts of it. Mm-hmm. I think parts of it are are fascinating, interesting, well executed in bizarre ways, and then a lot of it's just no good. Like it, mm-hmm. so, there's a yeah. lot there that I'm I'm conflicted on. But I think there's a lot there that you can look at as a filmmaker, as a storyteller, um, or just as a consumer and go, "There's some interesting stuff in there." That that's cool. I hate Hellraiser 2. I'm fine with Hellraiser 3 except for the dumb Cenobites. And then I'm kind of like I like elements of this movie. And I know that it's sort of pointed at as the worst. What? Yeah. Mm. Worse than 3? Yeah. What justice yeah. exists in this world we live in? <laughs> Clearly. I'm right about everything, <laughs> Tuna. <laughs> um, yeah, I watched a lot of retrospectives, uh, a lot of videos about it, and a lot of people really kick this movie a lot. And I find it interesting because without this isn't a movie that I watched and was like, that's terrible, and then I'm now being like, but there's good ideas. Like I remember originally watching it and going, oh, for being – a horror movie set in space, this isn't bad. Because <laughs> I'm used to like, Jason X is terrible. Um, and even more terrible is Leprechaun 4. <laughs> like once you get to in space, yeah. it, it feels like the series is giving up. I did sure. not feel like they were giving up here. I felt like they had, they that something didn't come together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I, and I, that happens. And I think, you know, we'll get into more of this while, when I get into how I think I could fix it. But, I agree. This has the solo a Star Wars story problem for me that you had three stories to tell that could have each been their own movie. And by squishing them together, I think you had some problems, which is weird to me that they would do that because the whole goal, especially in the 80s and 90s, the whole goal was to make this thing go on as long as it possibly (laughs) could to like save some stories, you know, and it would be cool if you had a main character that went from movie to movie to movie that was a descendant of this toy maker they didn't do that they put it all together they got a very uncharismatic actor what did you call him uh the discount tim curry you discount tim curry because <laughs> he looks a little bit like he could be related to tim yes. curry yeah, okay but i can see that zero percent of the charisma of tim yes. curry <laughs> i mean tim curry did get all the charisma yes yeah he just has he has the charisma of many men <laughs> many tim curry's <laughs> yeah it's infinite tim curry's yeah so i i find this fascinating so like i I would rather watch this one than any other Hellraiser. Whoa. That's bizarre yeah. to Same. me. I would Whoa. rather watch... I would rather watch Manos than this again. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. I did not, like... This was 
one of the hardest movies for me to not like pause, go take a break, and come back. Like Marianne's whole screeching tea kettles thing. <laughs> like, that's kind of how I was feeling in the middle of this. Where I was like, what else can I do? Oh, it's already ten thirty at night. I should probably just keep watching the movie. <laughs> uh, I'm my, I'm I'm shocked. Yeah. I, I I mean, I expected there to be dissenting opinions. I didn't expect that. I just did not like. There's so little to latch onto because of the lack of a goal because like again movies can do this I'm not saying they can't oh sure but the fact that this movie is told all in flashback pretty much and not in a way that's building to the resolution for me Mm -hmm. like does nothing like all none of this movie matters sure. yeah it and knowing that the future exists and the future is not one where everyone knows that there are demons walking around means that the middle story they the people triumph but who you knows know, we don't actually know that because like maybe everyone lives in space now maybe earth <laughs> destroyed by pinhead we don't know in 96 <laughs> world we just disappear from that and go back to space and then everyone's in space now so who knows what yeah. happened in 96. But I mean, if it had opened a portal and the demons were there, I feel like that would have been a thing when they come see him in space. Like, that would have been... I mean, it's 200 big, years later. You're yeah. not going to be like, man, 96 was crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you won't be. Like, but... all of them, if, like, again, we are assuming a lot right now. But say in 96, like, the resolution to that timeline is, like, Pinhead wins, Earth destroyed, mm-hmm. yeah. demons rule Earth or whatever yeah. like that. Maybe some like people are able to escape. the future one doesn't happen. Well, maybe some people are yeah. able to escape or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's Again... There's no information, which makes me not care about any of them. Like the the slight bit that carried over from one to the next, which was like when they showed Adam Scott and Demon Lady in the beginning Uh, of 96. I was like, oh, they're going to be throughout this whole movie. Mm -hmm. Like they are traveling, like not traveling through time, but like existing through time. And we're going to find out what their goal is. And then immediately she murders him. And so I was like, (laughs) so he's unimportant. Such a wasted I just don't understand it from like a script writing thing yeah. of like, why not just kill him in the 1700s? <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, because he didn't break the rules until then. Like rules matter. Come yeah. on, in these movies. Okay, well, I, I won't argue that with you. But <laughs> also, if you're going to kill someone in a Hellraiser movie, just poking them in the face real hard is not the most interesting way. <laughs> yeah. I'm, okay, that's also a good point. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, it was gross. But Sarah, is this your least favorite? Oh, gosh. Uh, I feel like the third one is still my least favorite because just the audacity to, <laughs> to like, throw away all the things and make the stupidest Cenobites. Mm. Like, the one in the, – the twins in this one, their scene goes on way too long. And uh, it's – Oh, before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And their yeah. hallway. Like, doing, oh, their, oh, yeah. doing their Abbott and Costello routine <laughs> through the hall. Finishing each other's sentences. Why do yeah. we need any – we don't. It's too much. I will say, and, <laughs> yeah. like, I might get something wrong here, and I thoroughly apologize for this. They have a conversation – in there that is the most random conversation <laughs> thrown into this movie and I don't know where wh- who decided to like keep that in the final cut because it, it doesn't so matter at all so much of the rest is all cut up like yeah. so many things are missing but they but kept all of that our introduction to them is basically one of them asking if the other would sleep with a trans woman Yep, and he says like, "Yeah, I don't remember that at yeah. all yeah, oh, yeah. that was your conversation yeah. they yeah. use a lot of phrases and terms we would not use 
today yeah. in 2019 when having mm-hmm. this discussion. But the breakdown of the conversation is, would you have sex with a trans woman? And the other guy's like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Yeah. Weirdly so sort random. of progressive for like a 1996 <laughs> yeah. sci-fi movie. Like yeah. when we've watched like the Highlander films, like they take a lot of cheap shots at a lot of other like people. Right. So yeah. for a 1996 sci-fi movie to have like that conversation in it, that has no bearing on anything else yeah, in the no, movie. It doesn't come up. It's weird. But also I was like, <laughs> yeah. okay, like I guess at least that's the way the conversation ended. And it wasn't, like, degrading anyone or making a joke about anyone. Yeah. Right. It was just a weird moment so in this weird. movie. Yeah, this seems it was. It was. Wait, wait, when does this happen? It's when you first meet them. They're, like, walking down the hallway, checking out things together. They're checking out doors. They have That's the, the conversation they're having while they they're walking. They have the layout. Yeah. You were very drunk. They have. <laughs> well, all right. I mean, those seven beers were over like six hours. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, that's just the conversation. I also having. did yeah. not pause it the one time I got up to go to the bathroom you because might, I yeah. had yeah. a bunch of conversations. So, so there are two new security <laughs> okay. guards who are going through and doing door checks, and they have a little map. And there's a the door. guys who turn into swirly heads. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I just don't guards. remember when they showed up. I guess. Yeah. Because so, they're searching for is, doors, yeah. and they see, and they see a door after the at the end of the conversation. They see a door. They're like, "Hey, this one's not on the map." And then they say something yeah. like, uh, stupid teens. Like they bl- <laughs> Something <laughs> weird. It was something about the architect. Yeah. It was like, ah, They blamed somebody yeah. for like, yeah. oh, dummies put a door here where there isn't a door. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, oh, it's weird. I also, but I liked the, the, the twins squishing together mm-hmm. because it... That was pretty it, gross. It, well, it was gross, but it was also like, it felt more like forever punishment in a way that we hadn't really seen even though we'd been hinted at until we just mm-hmm. teared them into two people well they tear them into two people <laughs> yeah. and then they squish another guy which everything that happens on the spaceship felt like it was tacked on yeah like it, it was weird but i will say this is also with the exception of the first hellraiser i think this is my favorite pinhead um, oh, weird! I love there's a there's a great line. I think a really solid line that is both threatening and funny that comes from him when somebody says, "God damn it!" and he says, "Do I look like someone who cares what God thinks?" And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> See, I feel like the last movie had the better version of that. No, he's too like, cackly. Where was no? But yeah. when it was like Jesus, and he said, I "Not quite, not quite." I was like, "That's the better version of the God damn it line." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And also, I, he just makes the similar jokes a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah he does. I feel like the follow-up to the line in this one did not reduce the impact the way it did in the previous one. Like, mm. that line, I remember really liking that line and then feeling that just get undermined immediately because he started, like, cackling like crazy or something gotcha. like that. Whereas this one, it's like, yeah, he, like... I think it would have been better if it had just cut after that line, but the lines that came after were not as terrible as a... <laughs> <laughs> I think like, what I think what bugs me about like this version of Pinhead, at least with that line specifically, is like it just seems like every like asshole high school atheist. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Well it's like somebody <laughs> says like God damn it, it's like, mm, do I care what God thinks? Yeah. It's like Shut up, Todd. That's <laughs> what Pinhead puts on his fedora and starts posting yeah. on Reddit. I liked Pinhead more in this than I have in the last mm-hmm. two. I really didn't like the Freddy Kruegerifying of him in yeah. the third one. That yeah. bothered me. But I but in here I, I like him, but he suffers. There is there is some stuff in the third act where he suffers from. Actually, in the second act too, and the, the the second and third where he the only places oh, the he acts. is all of the acts where <laughs> he shows up. 
the screenwriters forget what his powers are conveniently, oh, gosh, and yeah. and that, he also gets real dumb. He and gets he tricked gets very dumb. easily. He gets tricked yeah, very no. easily. Like they're supernatural beings. The idea <sighs> yeah. that you can like put him in a room with a big metal door and they can't get out, and then like they can't get. Oh, you could walk past and he wouldn't see you. It, like they. In the other movies, they're like shooting into people's cups and random junk. He turns himself into ice. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> they're not bound by the physics of our reality. Well, yeah. and he doesn't need bait. Yeah. Where he gets the kid's mm-hmm. son and he's like, but I need bait. Yeah. And it's like, no, no you don't. You no. can show up anywhere. Yeah. That you want to go. Also, yeah. the dude didn't seem that concerned about his son. His <laughs> wife seemed real concerned. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the like, wife yeah. seemed... Because she's a good actor. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she, <laughs> he said something about along the line... Like, Pinhead had a line of, like, how do you torture a man, like, harm yeah. his son or something like that. And I was like, this dude does not care about his son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, like, it was very weird because you don't, it, it's not just having a good actor. Because Kim Myers is a very good actor. But it's also... The screenwriters have to write the scene yeah. for, but everything she's doing seems normal and rational. Like her reaction to when he comes in the door and her reaction to telling him to stop because the dog is there and everything, like everything about it seems very well laid out. So it's really bizarre when the writers fail to do that in other places, which makes me think this was written by very different people, which I yeah. think did happen. I think that they, it feels yeah. like a couple different Script ideas, yeah. yeah. Like, okay, I so we have, we have the like origin of the box. Three or four editors listed on yeah. the titles yeah. too. There were yeah. three or four editors, which, to be <laughs> fair, is not always uncommon. You can have a movie that's edited by three or four people. It, it does happen, but this doesn't feel like it was purposeful. <laughs> no. This doesn't feel like a team. In no, quotes. this feels like <laughs> different passes. Yeah, of yeah. like editing the same like chunk Suicide of Squad. Thing. Yeah, yeah. It's not that's not my pick for my rating because I used that last week, I think, <laughs> for which Batman movie was it? But for that reason alone, it's very similar of like, okay, so you took a not great version of this and you decided, oh, I can chop more out of this. Yeah. And you just kept going and kept <laughs> going until you robbed it of like any good through line. I also really like the sci-fi idea of something developed yeah. in the past that we just don't have the technology for yet. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. it, and that we keep trying, but we can't do it. We're not there yet. I love that idea of like, of a, of a, of a creator or an architect in this case, like running out of time. Cause they're like, mm-hmm. I only have mm-hmm. this many years before yeah. I'm dead. And, and I don't have the tools. It's sort of like, uh, this is a weird connection, but like, it's like in back to the future, like the whole thing where they have to figure out like getting plutonium is hard in 1955. Like that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not exactly easy. He has to get it from terrorists in 1985, but Mm -hmm. still the same thing. Like, yeah, the way this machine works doesn't, it's not easy to do in the past. And so I like the idea of like, yeah, we created this one thing in the past that works this way, but the only way to fix it is hundreds of years away. Right. And I like that. Do mm-hmm. I think it was very well executed? No, I do not. I don't think it was well executed. But I like the idea. And that kind of goes into my whole story with this movie is I like a lot of the ideas. I didn't like a lot of the ideas in Hellraiser 3. I liked some of the ideas in Hellraiser 2. Sorry, Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. <laughs> but they were executed so ugly and just so mm-hmm. poorly that I, I, I didn't like it. Um, so I don't know. It's weird. I'm not even defending it as a good movie. I don't think it's good. Oh yeah, definitely yeah. not. But I do think there are ideas here that 
I'm kind of sad didn't get explored further. Mm-hmm. Like I think I think there was stuff here yeah. that yeah. I was interested in. I don't know. Like the the the, the Hellraiser. I know Matt's favorite movie is Hellraiser three. But of all time, <laughs> my favorite Hellraiser movie, <laughs> not my favorite movie. But that movie is so nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, even though there's a, a, I think a better cast in general in that movie with Terry Farrell and like other people that were involved. I, it's nothing. There, <laughs> there's just nothing there. <laughs> and for this one though, I felt like there were a bunch of somethings, and yeah. I wanted mm-hmm. those somethings to be developed more. And they weren't, but yeah. I don't know. It felt like you you finished a puzzle, like everything fit together, all the pieces, and then you look down and you realize, oh no, this is like three different puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> that like, it all fits, so I guess it's still a puzzle that's <laughs> right. finished, but like that puppy face and that tree mm. shouldn't be next to each other. <laughs> right. And that's how this feels to me where I'm like, yeah, are there some good ideas? Yes. Are those ideas anything that was like longer than a sentence in a outline? Yeah. I don't feel like it because I do agree that like the idea of somebody hand making that box and then it being turned into this evil device. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm on board for that movie. And I think seeing, I can't think of another example necessarily, but I know there have been versions of movies like this where they do sort of an origin that's hundreds of years in the past, and seeing this object being used hundreds of years before can be really interesting and seeing like Mm -hmm. how they like what is again like you said with back to the future like how how, like you can retread some of the same water that we had in the original hellraiser films like give us those same moments but in the 1700s version right because everything's different yeah yeah (laughs) but uh, an interesting first of all have you ever it reminds me of there are these puzzles that you at least you could get for a while Mm-hmm. Where all of the pieces were the same shape. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you like like th- that sounds maddening to me. Yeah. Sure. But I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. For there is actually an artist who does what you're talking yeah. about because a lot of puzzles are on the, the same, same thing, and so he does these uh, these sort of I don't know c- combined puzzles right. with different pieces of different puzzles in it so it yeah has, and i think those are cool as hell really so cool. yeah <laughs> i'm like well there's a reason this, that yeah like, this one is like dude a good does analogy. it though because he's good at it <laughs> yeah, right. uh, there's maybe a good version of this movie out there but they didn't get that guy to make it <laughs> right. yeah that's a very good point yeah well okay so this brings us to the end of the first half of our journey here. Whoa, we're only halfway. Uh, yeah. Oh, not tonight. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. In the Hellraiser yes, saga. Gotcha. In the, of, yeah. of our entire journey oh, gosh, through, what we missed? <laughs> through Hellraiser. They never laid down such a hard line of, we are halfway through the episode. Uh, I start ringing a bell. <laughs> yeah. Everyone? So yeah, Halfway we have, through. We have four more of these to watch. We have four more of these to watch. Yeah. Now, technically, there are six more, but I want to just do the next Jeez. four. Um, <laughs> I, I, I haven't figured it out yet, but we're going to do them. And, uh-huh. and I, but this is interesting to me because these first four are tightly linked together. The next four are not, and there's a reason for that. And the reason is that I think all of them, I think all four were developed as ideas that were not Hellraiser and then Hellraiser and Pinhead got squished into it at the last minute before they went into production. Diehard style. Yes. Very similar. Yes. So, uh, so it's going to be like, now I just imagine there was one of these that's Pinhead in a skyscraper. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's not a Halloween movie. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of this movie. 
I mean, he's yeah. partially in a skyscraper. Yeah. This is this is diehard Hellraiser. But Pinhead in a tank top will be really Die funny. Hellraiser. <laughs> yes. Um, so the reason that I'll stop after the eighth one is because at that point, Doug Bradley steps away as as no longer pinhead and it feels with those last two movies which i have seen it feels vastly different it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like it's a part of the even though the next four are not really linked there's one that is kind of linked um but they're for the most part they're just not um lose once you lose doug bradley it loses any semblance of connection uh in a weird way and i don't i've watched both of those and frankly i don't want to talk about them (laughs) they're just (laughs) they're just no good Cool. And no good, and not not no good in a fun way. They're just kind of eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we're gonna be getting to that. But uh, before we do that, we need to talk about how we're gonna fix this. <laughs> uh, I already talked about it a little bit. Which my fix is, I think you could make three movies out of this, mm. which would be far more interesting. I would also love to see a woman in the lead of, as the toy maker, and then the architect, and then the space person, the bald space person, at the end. Like I think that's a more interesting trilogy sure. than just cramming it all into one movie. It would so. also continue the trend that we've already seen from Hellraiser films. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like right. having the main character be a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, also continue of, of of being linked. You have mm-hmm. you have links that go from movie to movie to movie. So that's my fix for it. I yeah, I mean, obviously, if you just had to fix this movie right here, you recast that main role, and I think that does a lot. <laughs> sure. But yeah, that's me, Sarah. What do you think? Ah, okay. Uh, so I think my fix would be to, I guess pin down a few more <laughs> 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 a few more of the actual ideas so uh you make the 1700s make it specifically marquis de sade commissioned the box they uh, Ooh, like, i yeah, like i like that yeah Ooh. yeah that's great yeah <laughs> bring it back to the original stuff if it's gonna be about sadomasochism make it about like big yeah. big letter the people who Put it into writing the first time around. I mean, also just tie it into history makes it immediately more interesting. Yeah, no, for (laughs) sure. And then uh, things go out of hand. They release the demon. And then she, um, I think, keeps the dude around because they're looking for the toy maker. And then maybe we check in with them a couple of times and they are still trying to find this person and then in the 90s they do find him and they are helping him build the thing because they think if they can nudge him in a certain direction he can make it be the thing that opens the gates of hell and then when they get the box there into the building Pinhead shows up and he sees Demon Lady and he is like, oh, my queen, heck. And then uh, <laughs> he is working for her. There's none of this like, oh, you don't even know. You haven't been around. It's like, no, they're a team up. She is more in charge. They work through the thing. It doesn't work out in the 90s. And then uh, in the future, the uh, the dude, he knows what the folks have been trying to do this whole time because of that happening. And so he's been working to build the space station and uh, didn't want to open the box until he knew it was perfect. And that's where we meet up with him. And then they fight there. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, and still the bones are similar. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it it's... just has more, given more like actual purpose. Yeah. 
Yeah, which is what it's a little meandering the original thing. Sure. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. Tuna. That so originally I was just like, nah, like leave it. But (laughs) but as we've talked more, it made me realize um, again, like there's that where I latched on to the similarities to that video game where what I really liked about the first film was this hint of cosmic horror kind of stuff. Yeah. And we've stepped away from that. Yeah. And that's what made me like it a lot less. And so this, even though the execution is not great, the concept felt like a big step back toward that. So I think I'm just going to go back and like absolutely re-step into the cosmic horror thing. Mm-hmm. Make it like an HBO miniseries with multiple episodes. You have like one following, like basically keep the same thing where this guy is telling a story to someone so that they will let him go and finish the thing. You could keep that or like find a more refined version of that, but recounting all of these and have multiple stories and not necessarily him playing every character, like different people come in or like I would be super into a woman protagonist. Like that would be good. But all of those and like all of these stories throughout time of all of those people. Right. Mm-hmm. working and like actually making progress right. on this problem and none of them necessarily know about each other but then he has all of their knowledge combined and then yeah your your oh, two man. part final episode yeah. is him <laughs> actually building and like putting everything that they've worked for into effect and like completing putting their puzzle pieces all together right like if you had a combination of like true detective and buffy yeah. So like there it's it's really dour and sad and there's a lot of sadomasochism and blood and and on awful shit. But then there's also this seasonal arc where they have to mm-hmm. figure it out and it maybe goes through time and everything. Yeah. I was got some good ideas we got here. <laughs> Matt, what about you? I kind of just want the whole movie to be set in the 1700s. <laughs> I mean, of, I don't hate that. Yeah, uh, yeah, like if you're going to give us an origin, just like let us live in the origin and just watch a whole prequel movie because that's kind of I, I think it's giving us that different spin on something and then later on yeah like you said separate it into a different movie give us the space station movie I'll, I'll watch that too <laughs> um, but I don't think they need to be the same movie and I definitely don't care what's happening in 1996 um, <laughs> I mean I will agree that 1996 was the least interesting part of this movie yeah. to me it was just dull yeah. I mean yeah uh, when you look at a movie you're like it's set in the 1700s and 2127 and <laughs> 1996 you're like well I know which one of those three I'm going to care the least about uh, and that's exactly what the movie does mm-hmm. so yeah I'd say just if you're not going to give us the whole movie in the 1700s, at least let that be the bulk of it. Um, and just kind of, yeah, I mean, you, I guess you need 96 to address the last film. Like, I mean, maybe. Kind of. Why? Yeah. Um, like, you don't need it. I I, yeah. I don't know. I you like the idea. The Marquis de Sade idea really mm-hmm. got something going in my brain because, like, yeah, the, you have them, you have the libertines, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. st- stuff like that that can yeah. really, and like... If, and if the idea of Cenobites is... Like, and the box is for people seeking the ultimate pleasure, then that would maybe give you a reason why there was some shift in hell where, like, getting the box and doing this and this pleasure seeking created the Cenobites. Right. Which, like, they didn't do that. (laughs) And I love stuff. I love when you do stuff like that, especially in in straight up horror movies. I think I do have a very strong belief that we have to be careful about how we deal with history and historical figures and actual people in fiction. 
because a lot of times it's some people's first exposure to that history. Yeah, I get that. Right. Like, and, and I'm aware of it, but I also think there is a good, tasteful way to do it where you can play with that. I think there was an interesting movie. I don't think it's a good or great movie, but I think it was a good movie where um, John Cusack played Edgar Allan Poe. And he. And I don't know if I would call that a good movie. <laughs> no, I, I, I like I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, I have seen it. Right. The Raven is that? Yeah, yeah. He's it's... doing his Nicolas Cage impersonation the whole time. <laughs> Man, it's been a while oh, since gosh. I've seen it, but I, I feel like remember... they're slowly merging into the same human. Yeah, that could be. But, they're doing uh... the same level of movies. <laughs> but The Raven was interesting because it was a you know merging of a horror movie with the yeah. the actual life of of uh, Poe. It's interesting to me, and so I think that would be an interesting thing to work into the Hellraiser series in the 1700s if you've got the Marquis de Sade mm-hmm. leading this, you know, or, or yeah. even he's just a character in it. Sure. That is is part of this really big looking mm-hmm. for the ultimate yeah. in experience. That makes sense. And then, yeah, that gave birth to this. Now, yeah. you have to be careful because once you start saying, you know, things like this is what gives birth to hell taking over, you have to analyze it. Really? Is sexual awakening taking a couple of hours? <laughs> But, you know, I think it's definitely a more interesting road to go down mm-hmm. for for this type yeah. of film. So, yeah. But I also want to see just one set in the 1700s. <laughs> that would be yeah, great. no, I think it just... Well, one, I also think, again, I said earlier, like, give more screen time to Adam Scott mm-hmm. because he's great. And at this point, I, if I had seen this movie when it came out, the only thing I would have known him from was Boy Meets World. So I'd be like, hey, it's that guy from Boy Meets World. Great. Was Boy Meets World on in 96? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think he was like done with his run on Boy Meets World by this point. Oh. And he was on there for a few seasons. Um, I, well, I like in this, well, not even that much, but uh, so, uh, Halloween 6, I think, had Paul Rudd in it before he was Paul Rudd. Right. Know, and... Uh, and it's it's just awful. Yeah, um, because Boy Meets World did not make Adam Scott a household name, but that's where, as a kid, that's where I you would knew Adam Scott him. from. So yeah. when I started seeing him pop up in like Step Brothers and Parks and Rec, I'm like, oh, it's Griff. Like, um, but yeah, so I think having him sort of be like a groveling uh, sidekick to Demon Lady mm. throughout mm. like the 1700s would be great because he's kind of like getting what he wants from her in sex, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Um, but, like, let that... Let, let her hold that over him mm-hmm. so that, like, he will do her bidding to help yeah. her, like, do her demon things. Yeah. Um, I would have been... I would have preferred a build to mm-hmm. him standing in her weird. way. It was so sudden. Yeah, it well, was because it was just, like, like, it shifted... In 200 years, that was the only time you wanted something <laughs> that Hell was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. 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 And then you got like, poked in the face for it. What were yeah. you doing in like 1942? Like, what were you guys up to? <laughs> we'll never know. Um, Let's go to America. Find that box. No. Mm, you're dead now. Yeah. Like, oh, you must have damn. been the best roommate ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you want to order pizza tonight? No. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's my fix is just make a different movie. But Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, mine yeah. kind of was too. Yeah. yeah. So, that's just fair. extend yeah. that for like yeah. that middle-ish part of the movie just longer and then delete the other parts. <laughs> I really I really do contend that I think the stuff that was in the 1700s in this movie was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, well shot, well acted, interesting, uh, even scary at times. Like, I give yeah. thumbs up. So, uh, all right. Well, now that we're done with that, we're going to move on to how we would each rate this. Uh, each of us has our own rating system. Mine is what Star Wars movie is it? And for me, this is Return of the Jedi. It's got problems, but it's also got some stuff I like. I genuinely like. So, it's Return of the Jedi. 
Sarah, what's your rating system? Uh, jazz. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this film is some weird dude who keeps bothering you, hands you his mixtape where he has done a lot of noodling piano times. <laughs> a jazz mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He yeah. recorded it home. Like, I thought you would like this. No. <laughs> <laughs> what part of you thought I would like this? I don't like this, and I don't like you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> This is more upsetting than anything in Hellraiser. <laughs> yeah, that's that's okay. Yeah. I'm sorry I made yeah. you watch this. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what's your rating system? Uh, my rating system is what Batman movie is this? And because I was utterly bored and there was no likable characters, this is Batman v Superman. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, I yeah. never want to rewatch either of them. <laughs> <laughs> Tuna, what's your rating system? Uh, my rating system is based on what food it reminds me of. This one is a fun-sized Three Musketeers that got dropped out of the bag in the back of the freezer, and then, like, six months after Halloween, you're cleaning out the freezer, and you find it back there, and it's, like, kind of sucks that it's not a Snickers, but it's good (laughs) enough because it's, like, candy that you weren't expecting. Well, I contend that the only good Three Musketeers are the fun size. Whoa. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, a full get... Three Musketeers is a lot. Right. Yeah, yeah. This movie was mercifully short. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> this was the fun size Hellraiser. <laughs> exactly. Uh... Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> Seriously, has, when's the last time anyone in here ate a full sized Three Musketeers? Not, it's not been a while. more than a year ago. <laughs> So within the past year. That is the weirdest way you could have phrased that. (laughs) I didn't know where I was going when I started the sentence. Did you eat it all at once? Yes. Wow. I can't do that. It's one of my favorite candy bars. Did you freeze it first? No. I like the the ooey gooeyness of it. There's no gooey in... It's a it's a softness. It's mostly nougat. Yeah, Yeah, it's nougat. But when you freeze it, you lose that. Well, that's true. Yeah. I don't know. Is that I, our real good? See, <laughs> my mother my mother is the person who will buy a whole Snickers bar, put it in the freezer, and then cut off a piece. What? And then, like, have that. And so I can't do that, but I also... Discipline. Yeah. Yo, yeah. Yeah. I... I can't, I don't know. I just, every time Halloween is around, I get really excited because there we got the fun size, which I can have like one or two of and I'm good. Right. But I can't have a whole bar. I'm like, well, now what do I do with this? I don't want to put it in the fridge. It's going to taste like my other food. So I make you eat it all at once. I'll be sick. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner then. Spread it out. <laughs> they've started it. Have you noticed if you go to the grocery store, they've started almost all candy bars now come with two smaller versions yeah. as opposed to one big oh. one, which I'm a fan of. Mm-hmm. That makes your candy bar experience better. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's time to move on to our final like segment. I'd rather have a big almond joy than two little almond joys. Yeah, that makes it. That but, sounds like some weird thing that parents did. So you makes you have to share with your siblings. Oh, that's what that sounds like. I don't want that. Well, now no. that's terrible. <laughs> Sharing. <laughs> Boo. Favorite candy bar? Go, Matt. Oh dear God! Three Musketeers is up there, but I'm going to say almond joy. Okay, Sarah. Uh, Kit Kat. All right. Oh. Really good. Tuna? <laughs> the original Butterfinger. Ooh. Whoa. Also hold very... on. What does that mean? There's apparently a new kind because I accidentally what? bought one. How is it different? It tastes more like peanut butter and less like their weird like peanut butter based Butterfinger weird. flavor. Yeah. Interesting. It sucked. It's probably I was... using real peanut butter now. Yeah, yeah I think no. so. Because it tasted a lot more like a Reese's and it's like if I wanted a Reese's, I would have bought that motherfucker yeah, no. instead of this. <laughs> yeah. It's like when like certain like like nacho cheesy things are like now with real cheese you're like yeah but I wanted the neon crappy orange <laughs> right. dust yeah. I didn't want real cheese <laughs> yeah. I yeah. could make nachos myself yeah, yeah. I cool. choose not to 
<laughs> Give me the plastic cheese. Mine is a Reese's Fast Break. Oh, Got nice. a little bit of peanut butter. Those wa- wafers in them too. Or uh, what's the no. other thing in it? There's two. There's the fast break, and then there's another one that Reese's does oh, that gosh. looks strikingly similar, but it's not the same. <laughs> so, uh-huh. but it's like it's like if if you had a Three Musketeers bar uh-huh. that the nougat was peanut butter mm-hmm. flavored, oh. and it's my favorite, uh-huh. and it's not as sweet. As oh, uh, a Three Musketeers bar or a Snickers bar, for that matter. <laughs> there's no caramel. So anyway, that has been cool. c- Candy Bar Corner. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Real bad. Nice. So let's move real on to nice. our final segment, which is real good, where we recommend something real good for you to watch in place of this. I'm going to pick something that was on this podcast before just because it was Whoa. fun. And you have to watch it with a group. You have to watch it with a group. (laughs) I I almost thought about picking this. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't watch it with a group, you will not have as much fun. But if you watch it with a group, this is just a hoot. And that is going to be Leprechaun 4 (laughs) in space. (laughs) That's the full title, by the way. That is actually how it's laid out. Leprechaun 4 in space. And so uh, it's, it's just fun. It is, it is a, it is a great time, especially with a group of friends. Matt, what's your real good? Uh, my real good is another thing that takes place both on a spaceship in the future and also back in the 18th century in France. Doctor Who? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it is the episode The Girl in the, in the Fireplace. Middle of the fireplace. Oh, that's yeah. a good episode. <laughs> yeah, um, that is, nice. it's one of the, yeah. It's very creepy. It's got super scary clockwork droid things yep. that are terrifying. Yeah. And yeah, it's David just, Tennant's great. David yeah, Tennant's always he is. great. In a but, dream boat. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, speaking of dream boats, the the woman that plays the uh, the countess, what is she? Uh, she is Madame de Pompadour, uh, <laughs> Sophia Miles. She is also a bit of a dream boat. Yes. Um, and they dated for a while. Yes. Ooh, oh. um, so double dream boat. Yes. Yeah. David Tennant apparently has a type. People who look very blonde and are on Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> it's going to change my Tinder profile. Yeah. Ooh, good luck in Missoula, Montana. That type. Um, but yeah, no, it just it it's properly creepy mm-hmm. and scary in times, but it also weirdly does involve both a space station in the future and 18th century France. It's also uh, be prepared. It is also sad. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of, I feel like Doctor Who, for those who have not gotten into it, does kind of take you through the range of emotions almost every episode of like, yeah. oh, you're going to laugh a lot, but also you're going to be scared. And then, oh, everyone's dead or something? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, the nature of time travel is at least thought about in that movie yeah. of a yeah. person who lives forever. And Oh, it, especially yeah. I feel like David Tennant's Doctor. Yes. Yeah. He yeah. like wears that on his face of like a man yeah. who has experienced loss a billion times over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. No, that's a very good episode. What a good show. I need to rewatch yeah. Doctor Who. <laughs> Just rewatch the David Tennant years. You no, I like all of it. Oh, no. Well, that's your taste. I, I know. Anyway, Sarah, what's your real good? Uh, I am also going to pick something that has some time travel going all over the place. Just watch Time Bandits. Time Bandits oh, is amazing. It's fun. Uh, you got like... and. Just like this, there's like a scary dude who's always wearing leather and it's weird. <laughs> there, you know, you can go back to uh, 1700s France. You like, yeah, no, it's it's got everything. Indeed, <laughs> and it's super fun. It is, and a really good movie. It's yeah. There was a stretch where Terry Gilliam was just making really good movies. Oh, yeah. He still makes good movies. <laughs> what was his last one? Zero Theorem. 
Oh yeah, I did hear good things about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the, the, the man Parnassus who killed... was a weird one, just because yeah. that wasn't his fault, though. Uh, partially. Like I rewatched that recently, and it just like there are things about it that just don't play out in a satisfactory way. They just sort of like, especially the um, the story arc for Parnassus. In the end, it just doesn't really go hmm. yeah i don't know i think the last one of his i watched was tideland oh, i love tideland i couldn't get into it oh, i don't know why so i need to watch it again because i really like yeah. that cast so mm-hmm. um i should check it out yeah, but, yeah. time bandits even be like a tv show or something soon i have heard that we'll I've see what happens it, I feel like it sounds about like making it a series for it, something well yeah. 12 monkeys was such a the the series was a hit so mm-hmm. yeah they may be doing just like what else did Terry Gilliam do? <laughs> I think every movie that's ever been popular, they're making a TV show. That's of a it good now. point. I mean, yeah. why not Westworld? Yeah, I think it was we can take Tuna's idea pop- for how to fix this movie and just like or make it a yeah. TV show. Like that could just be like an ongoing Highlander Quantum Leap type <laughs> Hellraiser show. Yeah. Oh yeah. A Highlander <laughs> right. Quantum Leap type Hellraiser uh, show. HBO yeah. hit me up. I'm gonna I reference two ideas. shows I've never watched. I've seen one episode of Highlander to the TV show, but they kind of have the same. Similar thing, right? Go sure. <laughs> Fine. Okay. Tuna, what's your real good? Um, man, I'm not gonna pick Eternal Darkness, even though that is probably be hard the to best probably fit. find and play. Yeah, but I'm gonna go with the one I decided on this morning because Sarah and I were talking, and there's Pinhead has a line where he's like, "Oh, let's play a game" or something like that. <laughs> Are you gonna recommend Saw? No. Okay. No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no I am I going to recommend too. a movie that has some time travel fuckery and <laughs> games in hell. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Hell yes! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. That should have been the title of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Best saving hell out yes. of ten. Hell yes. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That movie didn't I think it flopped when it came out. Yeah, I think it did. And it's a weird movie. Yeah. But man, watching it now, that thing is so good. Oh yeah. Like what kind of ridiculous uh what is it? Seventh Seal that the mm-hmm. the yeah. chess game is a reference yeah. to? Like who puts that in like a stoner teen movie? Oh, and, yeah. and the um William Sadler who played Death um mm-hmm. in there is so good. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. like his delivery on everything is just yeah. so <laughs> yeah. perfect. It ah god yeah if you haven't seen Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey you don't need to see uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure I mean you, you can should. you it's can fun. Yeah. you can but it's not like it doesn't work this it's not like another it's not like they just remade Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure it's a totally yeah. different movie right um and I don't and there's also very visually different. Like, yeah. it, it, I don't know. It's been a while since yeah. I've watched yeah, either of those movies. Yeah. That, I want to watch them both again because the third one is, I think they've started shooting. Yeah. 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 Supposedly. Yeah, just started. It's supposed it's about to, to start. Yeah. yeah. So very exciting. Great yeah. suggestion. All great suggestions all around. Yeah. I'm very excited about those. Okay. In, in this film, when Pinhead said, let's. Like we're gonna play a game now or whatever he said. I was so hoping they were gonna play chess with yeah. Pinhead. I was really excited about that. <laughs> let's play a game. I've got trouble and sorry. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Ooh, Monopoly. Monopoly is the game <laughs> Pinhead would play because it's yeah. torturous and would go on forever. <laughs> no, Pinhead would Don't play. Don't wake, Daddy. <laughs> Pinhead would play Twister. <laughs> oh, what if like Frank came in and they played Don't Wake Daddy? He'd be like, oh. hey, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> this is very upsetting. <laughs> but kind of cute. 
Oh, so good. Just like in the back of the box, you just have Pinhead and a skinless man playing together. (laughs) I think you should market that. Yeah. Yeah. You could have an operation. I feel like there's a lot of Hellraiser merch they missed out on. Oh, man. Oh, man. Merch was just really bad in that era. Like, there was no, there's no merch. It took the internet. It's not not much of a kid's movie either. That didn't stop a lot of things from doing merch. Uh, But yeah. Anyway, (laughs) thank you guys for watching the first four Hellraiser movies with me. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll slowly get through the others. Tuna, where can people find you? I'm at Tuna Loons on Twitter and Instagram and places. And my band is at SovietFourthGrader.com. Sweet. Sarah? I uh, <laughs> the podcast Don't Close Your Eyes Live Radio Theater uh, occasionally updates sometimes. <laughs> uh, I think he's gonna put more of them up now because he is not working the nine to five. So mm. okay, yeah. And you are a video maker for SciShow. Yes, I am. Sweet. Yes. All right, Matt. I have a podcast that'll be back eventually. It's called I Love It. Uh, and then I'm also on a different show with my friend Maddie called Matt and Maddie. A real clever t- title. <laughs> uh, but that we are doing weekly right now. Um, so go listen slash watch to that. Watch that. It's either a video or a podcast, however you want to consume it. And then, yeah, I also make YouTube channels like Animal Wonders and Nature League. So watch those too. And a super secret new one yeah, coming super out. Super secret new one that's coming out sometime soon. Yeah, Sarah gave you all kinds of great notes for. Yeah, Yeah. it's real notes. Notes. Uh, You can find us at Real Bad Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And if you like what we do here and you'd like to support us, you can go to Patreon.com/slash Real Bad Pod. A real big thanks to Black Duck Studios, I Love It Podcast, Candice, Sarah Caroline, and Anna Moss for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you so very much. Real Bad is a part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can go to CageClub.me and check out podcasts like The Contenders, a podcast about the movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. You can join siblings Tobin Addington and Islin, along with a slew of guest hosts as they celebrate and evaluate the work of some of the most daring women in film and shine a light on unruly women of cinema. It's really good. I was on an episode. No new episode of Real Bad next week as I'm traveling for a shoot all week, but we'll be back after that. And until then, this has been Real Bad. <laughs>